0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening, and that means leading the line from the front and wearing the captain's armband is Carl. So, Carl, how have things been this past week?
0: Yeah, good, thanks, Dan. We seem to have kind of like one up week, don't we? And then one kind of kick, kick us down again week. Um, but I'm sure we'll get this therapy session out of the way and we'll all feel much better come the end of it.
1: Fingers crossed, mate. I know what you mean. We can't seem to have two in a row at the moment, can we? But hopefully that changes sometime soon. But James, of course, you're here also. How have you been this past week?
2: Yeah, not too bad, mate. As Carl as said, I think we're all going to have our chance to each have a bit of a rant tonight. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate.
1: Fantastic, mate. And also joining us this week is Brendan from the Cheese Room podcast. He makes his debut. So, Brendan, how are things with you?
3: Yeah, really good, thanks. Uh, been a been a good week. Um, obviously, uh, getting over yesterday's result, but um, trying to take the positives and looking ahead to a very busy week for, for the team this week.
1: Absolutely. Right, before we talk about a certain handball and everything else, the return of the hit segment, tell us about yourself. So Brendan, you're up this week. Very simple questions, very quickfire questions. First up, when did you first start supporting Tottenham?
3: All right, Dan, so I started supporting Spurs when I was about 10. Um, My first game at White Hart Lane was Feb 96. Uh, It was a 1-0 win over Sheffield Wednesday in the Premier League. Um, And yeah, that got me hooked. Um, And yeah, so from age 10, I'd say it started. And my first game was was when I was 13, I think. And uh, went to every game between then and 2000 when I went to uni in Bristol.
1: Right, so that's not really the golden era. But during that era, (laughs) what was your favourite player growing up?
3: Probably Sheringham. Uh, I know he left for United pretty quickly in uh, 97, I think it was. But yeah, no, he he's just such a classy player. So Sheringham, then, then moving on to Ginola. But if I had to choose one, I'd go with Teddy.
1: Okay, so who's your favourite player in this current squad?
3: Ooh, um... I'll go with Los because I'm here in South America, so I've got to go with one of the South Americans and Lucas doesn't really deliver in terms of goals and assists, so I'll, I'll go with Los Celso, he's, he's a classy player.
1: We've not had Los Elso yet, that's a good shout on that front, but also, what player have you always had a soft spot for, be it now or in the past, a little bit left field that perhaps no one else really sort of has that same amount of love, so who's been your sort of rough diamond as it were?
3: Um, I don't know I guess late era Danny Rose I, I he sort of rubs people up the wrong way sometimes and did so in, in the documentary but I really like his honesty I like his the fact that he is a fighter that he does care we saw that in the documentary so yeah I'll go with Danny Rose
1: and also Brendan I know you are a voice that's probably been heard by quite a few Tottenham fans over the past sort of week or so can you tell us very quickly about that
3: yeah so I was in episode 8 of All or Nothing I had a 19 second block in episode 8 6 minutes in just before the Burnley game Um, And also I'm a paid contributor for Premier League Productions, so uh, I do some of their fan shows that are not transmitted in the UK, broadcast in the UK should I say, Uh, there's more around the world, but uh, yes, it's it's good fun, obviously I love talking about Spurs and uh, to get paid for that, it's crazy, so uh, yeah, been busy.
1: Right, well you're in the right place to talk about Spurs because that's what we're going to do just after these social media bits, so... Before we dissect Sunday and more in full, as always, you can subscribe to the Coming Spurs app where the podcast will be available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at CIS underscore COM and we're on all the major audio platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. If we're not on one, let us know. We'll get it on one and we'll all be happy. Right. Let's get down to business. And that business, Carl, is what can only be described as two points dropped. Now, obviously, later in the show, we're all going to moan about that handball decision. Park that for now. But I know you wanted to highlight the second half in general
0: first. Yeah, you know, I mean, let's be honest. You couldn't fault the first half, could you? You know, the intensity we played at, it's kind of something that we felt has been missing from our game. You know, we kind of looked like we were on the front foot early. We were going for the kill. And unfortunately, it was just a mixture, wasn't it, of, you know, some great goalkeeping, hitting the post and the bar. Um, and, and at half time you were saying again, well, you can't fault the football we're seeing here because, you know, this is on the front foot. And, and in all honesty, it should be more. Um, I guess the problem is we didn't seem to come out in the second half. And although you could say, you know, we wouldn't say we played badly in the second half. I don't think there was that same intensity. You know, I was kind of worried the minute we learnt Son had been taken off because you just felt, wow, he, he, him and Kane are the real goal threats and the real players that worry the opposition and especially the way they've been playing together lately. So when we learnt that Son was coming off at half time, you kind of thought oh, that that doesn't bode well. Um, And I think the second half just kind of followed that. You know, we never got into that same rhythm. We never caused them as many problems as we did in the first half. And unfortunately, in this league, 1-0 is not a safe result because it doesn't matter whether the opposition have been dreadful, they haven't come near your goal. In this league, any team at 1-0 can just create something out of nothing and score a goal to tie the game. And that's exactly what happened just because we couldn't find that killer spark to get that second. And it was just slightly disappointing that we didn't come out with a little bit more urgency just to go, let's just get the second and now bury this and then we can relax and play some more football. So that was a disappointment. But I guess when you look at the change and the fact that we lose one of our real key attacking threats, it might be understandable that we lost that little bit of edge.
1: So, James, on the course of the evidence of the first half, it was 1-0. It should have been 2-0. It could have been 3 or 4. We can all sit here and say we were robbed, and we'll discuss that later on. But how much do you look back on that first 45 minutes and think, ah, do you know what, if only we wrapped it up earlier?
2: Yeah, I think, I think everyone knew at the time that the missed chances were going to come back and, and bite us. Uh, and that's obviously what did happen in the end. But, you know, at, at the time when you're saying it, you, you kind of, you're hoping to jinx it a little bit. You know, you say it out loud because you're hoping if you say it, then it won't actually happen. But, you know, yeah, you say that we should have buried those chances, but I think we were all round, we were good enough to win the game. And that that's the long and short of it, is that we deserve to win this game of football, whether we, whether we, you know, bury the chances or not. Um, at the end of the day, plenty of football teams win 1-0 and we should have been one of those teams that won 1-0 at the weekend. That's just how it should have been. But, uh, yeah, on this occasion, it wasn't meant to be. Hopefully, you'd like to think that it's going to come around and maybe we'll get a bit of fortune. But we've been saying that for years now. Um, but you know, it, in terms of chance creation and and how we played in the first half, uh, nothing but positives. I think you know we were, we were great going forward. There was that little bit more organisation and uh, and some of the chances that we worked were really well worked. Um, you know, you could you you know look how close we came hitting the bar with Sonny hitting the post. Um, on another day, we, we put that game to bed, but it, but it just wasn't meant to be. And, and, you know, you can throw as many cliches around as you want. But if you if you don't finish your chances eventually, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you as a team.
1: So, Brendan, we shouldn't be, I guess, hypercritical of that first 45 minutes because when you look at Carl Darlow, he was kept incredibly busy straight from the off. So, yes, we only put one in the net at that point. But the 45 minutes as a whole, when you compare it to the first 45 minutes against Southampton... How many more positives can you take in terms of attacking output?
3: Yes, yeah, certainly. It was it was a very positive uh, first half and I think I saw the stat that Darlow made 11 saves in the match and uh, it's the most any Newcastle goalkeeper's made since uh, Tim Krull in 2013 against us, of course. Yes, of course. So, uh, um, so, yeah, no, it was, it was great to see. It was uh, probably our best performance attack-wise um, this season. Um, and it's just unfortunate that you, you do need to get that second goal in the Premier League these days because especially with the virals that we're going to go and talk on about, uh, it was, but it was encouraging. It was great to see us attacking. And like you said, it was in contrast to the first half against Southampton. And it's crazy that the, the two, uh, two, games, two, two results are so different. Uh, in, in Southampton, we were clinical uh, against uh, Newcastle, we were, we were a bit wasteful and the goalie had a worldie. So, but again, it's just trying to take the positives. You know that Maria is going to sort of create the siege mentality after the the, the injustice at the end. So I, I'm not overly discouraged. Obviously, the two points would be great, but the performance, we've got to take heart from.
1: So, Carl, how pivotal will the loss of Sun be in that game? And probably over the week, dare I say, even longer. It's a bit of a cloud as to what's actually happened. Some reckon it's precautionary because you think there's so much football. Then there's sort of comments that, you know, this is the first one, the next one and the next one afterwards. And then there's a hamstring in the mix. So what's your take on all things, Sonny? How much of a hammer blow will this be?
0: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, if Son is going to be out for a length of time, then, then, you know, it, it kind of is... A massive hammer blow to us because you know, as we can tell by his output at the moment, he is hot. And when Son's hot, he is he you, know, you want him in your team because he's lethal. And as you can see, the partnership that him and Harry have struck up—that you know—that is a formidable partnership at the moment. And what we were hoping for, wasn't we, that we would then suddenly add bow to that mix, and you'd then suddenly get those free playing, um, and then you're kind of a force for anybody. If Son's out for a length of time, the worry is how long before Bal can get himself up and running and probably at the level we need him to be where we really get the best out of that three. Um, So that'll probably be still a good two or three, four weeks maybe, and even longer. Um, So when we lose Sonny now at a crucial time in our season, when you consider really our main goal threats are him and Harry Kane, we can't really afford to have one of them goal threats taken out the side because, unfortunately, when you look at the options you've got to come in at the moment, um, you know, we've got Lucas Mora, although he scored a goal at the weekend, was largely ineffective throughout the game. You've got Stevie Bergvine who, you know, don't get me wrong, has had a reasonable start But I'm not seeing, you know, I was expecting to see a little bit more from him. I still think he needs to step it up a little bit, given the potential he's got. Um, Then we've got Lamella, who, again, we all know is very hit and miss when he comes in. Um, You know, and again, you know, all we've got, really, we've got streaky players who, yes, if they go on a run, can be good. But we know there's a likelihood that they can have long, inconsistent spells. So there are two we could really rely on Mason and Kane. And taking Son out right now, for me, if that is a lengthy injury, that is a real hammer blow to the start of the season and the games that we got piling up. I mean, you know, lucky in a way, if it's just precautionary, then this week's games that we got, to be honest, you'd think, well, okay, I, I wouldn't be too disappointed not seeing him in this week's games. You know, the Carabao Cup, I'm sure we'll talk about the sort of side we might put out. And then you'd like to think the home tie in the Europa League, we'd have enough to see that game over the line, even if we have to leave someone like Son out. But, you know, we really want to get the season going and the momentum going. And we need Son around to do that because him and Kane up top are going to be our main goal threats. Um, so it, is a, it could be a really big blow if this is a long injury.
1: And James, where Cole mentions streaky, I think it'd be unfair to say that Son is streaky, but he certainly does have purple patches. You saw the start of it against Southampton last week. He didn't score yesterday, but when he's got his tails up, he's a real sort of different player, you know, better than what you'd expect him throughout the season. So, how much of that just in itself, you know, not just the injury, but the fact that we've lost the potential of a purple patch where he could be knocking over teams, you know, two, three goals every week and what have you. How much of a blow will that be?
2: Yeah, massive. Um, the, the thing about Son when he's playing in this mood is that even though you kind of, everyone knows what he's going to do, but he does it with, with such speed. That, that he, you know, that he still manages to, to trouble teams. You know, you know that he's going to shift the ball onto his left and go across goal, um, like like he did when he hit the bar. Um, you, you can kind of read what he's going to do, but it's still you still can't play against it because he's so good. Um, and it's it's going to be a real real loss for us because at the moment I think what what we lack is is players that want to be productive with the ball. Who when they get the ball, their first thought is to is to get forward and. Immediately attack the opponent's goal, and and Sonny's the the, the perfect player in terms of that. He, you know, it's it's his absolute last thought in his mind is going sideways or backwards, and it, it, at the moment that's quite a, 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 the problem with quite a lot of our players. Um, even you know you mentioned Bergwein there, and, and when he first joined the club, he seemed to have such enthusiasm when he got the ball, just like Sonny. He wants to take on the, the first player he sees. Um, And yet, in these little cameos that he's been getting at the moment, he just doesn't seem the same player. He seems like he's not playing with much confidence and he doesn't want to take anyone on, even though he's got the the skills to do so. So I I don't know whether it's a a tactical thing um, with some of our players, but they just look a little bit timid when it comes to to taking players on. Um, But, you know, that's where Bergwijn is really going to have to step up because you'd say that he's the natural replacement to, to Son if he is going to be out for a while. So hopefully Stevie will get a run of, a run of form and a, a run of games, and a run of minutes to, to rediscover that kind of that player that wants to take people on and, and wants to, to move us up the pitch as, as quick as they can because he can be, he, he's going to need to fill, fill those boots.
1: Of course, Brendan, when it comes to fitness, Musa Sissoko was unavailable shortly before kick-off. And this led to Getson Fernandez being called up to the bench in his place. Now that in itself has to be quite a damning indictment for Dele Alli.
3: Yeah, it was, it was a curious one. And obviously you'll get the, 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 the tabloids whispering as well as to what's going on behind the scenes there. Maybe he's being rested. If he doesn't play tomorrow against Chelsea, then that would be a concern because if we are rotating the squad, as, as Jose says we need to, then you, you'd, you'd want to see Delhi play in at least one of the two games we have midweek. Uh, it was a surprise, um, but Delhi is... Sort of, Mourinho's playing the tough love game with him, I think. He's clearly got the skill... Uh, I'd like him to stay, but um, there are rumours of him going on loan to, uh, to PSG. Maybe a season in PSG might sort of wake him up a bit and, and give him the jolt that he needs because he has stagnated over the last sort of 12, 18 months whilst the team has stagnated as well. Um, so yeah, it was curious that Jetson got the, the nod over Delhi, But um, we'll, we'll see how the week pans out in terms of his appearances in other games.
1: And Carl, I don't know about you, but I think people are sometimes too quick to make the assumption that player dropped equals player out of the door. Do you think people are reaching a bit with Ali? You know, oh my God, he's not played, he's not featured, that means he has to be sold. Or do you think we're honestly seeing the end of days?
0: Yeah, this is a hard one, isn't it? I I think on on the back of the documentary as well, I think this has probably fuelled a lot of people and... And fan the flames at the moment because we, we have seen in the documentary, haven't we, very early on, that Jose calls Deli out on a couple of occasions for his work ethic and how he trains, um, you know, and, and doesn't hide doing that. You know, that's not just in a one on one situation. You know, he calls him out in front of the group. Um, and I think, as Brendan said, I think Jose's looking to try and get a reaction out of him. You know, the first, you know, when he first came in that first week, we had the Deli brother playing and, and you can see I think Jose's trying to do all the tricks and take all the chances he can to think can I provoke you into suddenly getting a reaction and suddenly getting you to hit the ground running again and become the player you were say 18 months ago um, and it might be that he hasn't found the right formula to do that yet uh, and there's no disguising you know Delhi was great 18 months ago and, and he has dropped, he has dropped off considerably you know his performances haven't been great Um, I don't think he's going to go, to be honest. I I think, especially now with the injury to Son, um, I think this is just Mourinho trying to get something out of him. But we have seen that Mourinho does like to make one player at most clubs a scapegoat, um, and someone who he kind of, you know, suddenly makes some very weird decisions about, and suddenly you find that player heads for the exit door, because you, you would think at the moment that if there's going to be a part in a ways of one one person at the club, it certainly anytime soon isn't going to be Jose. So if Jose doesn't like him or now rate him and the way he's working, then there's only going to be one person who leaves at the moment, and that could be Delhi. So I hope we keep him because to me, we've got players um, that I would much rather see out the door well before Delhi Alley. You know, Lucas, um, Gedson. You know, there's a lot of players there that you could probably name that you'd want to see leave before Delhi Alley does, because you do still get the impression Delhi could be one of those players that comes back to haunt you in a couple of seasons. And you think, oh, why did we get rid of him? And just now that we brought Bao in and that, you're thinking, right, you know, the more better players we have, this is this could be really good. So I'm hoping it's Jose trying to get a reaction out of him. But I guess, as we're saying, we'll see in the next couple of games because if he doesn't get a look in tomorrow or on Thursday, you would think there's something not right there.
1: Now, James, I know last week you said that you didn't think Ali would go by
2: the end of this window.
1: Has your stance changed at all in the last seven days?
2: No, I, I, still, I still agree with the, with the guys there when they say that it's it's just a bit of tough love and it's hope, hopefully getting the best out of Ali. Um, you know, just giving him that kick to to start performing, or there's going to be there is going to be a decision to make. Um, I think Mourinho, although he, he he looks like he's being harsh and being rash, I think he knows what he's doing, and I think he even he with with a you know that footballing brain, he must realise that like like Cole says, there are so many players to to trim this squad down before Deli Ali becomes one of the victims of it. Um, you know for for someone like jedson Fernandez uh, a player who's come into the squad made absolutely no difference um he's taken up a place in the squad uh for for him to stay longer than Delhi Ali would make no sense again players like lucas and and lamella you'd see them go before delhi surely um i th- I think if it if, if we're talking about freeing up squad positions then yeah there's a lot of players to go before Delhi um I also don't don't agree that, that Mourinho doesn't like Ali as a player. I think he I think he clearly does. I think if you if you're looking at someone in the Mourinho mould, then Deli Ali would be one of those players because he plays with that little bit of fire. He can be a little bit controversial at times, but he he has that, that flair and that ability that that makes him an incredible player on his day. Um, hopefully we, we'll we'll be looking back at, at this in, in a couple of months' time when Delhi's back in the team and, and playing well. Uh, and praising Mourinho for for his man management and and getting the best out of a player who you could consider maybe a bit spoilt at times and a little bit complacent. So f- fingers crossed that it does get the best out of, out of Delhi. Uh, as I say, I, as I said last week on the pod, I feel like if we, if it doesn't, then it might be curtains for him. We might be we might be cashing in, um, but hopefully for for a player that was so promising in in the last few seasons. It's been a while since he was he was good, to be fair, but. It, for he, you know, for a player that was so good for so long, I I I really hope that his career doesn't just just peter out from here because he's he's clearly got something special, uh, and hopefully he can help us to win trophies.
1: Well, when you look at Ali and the shape that our team is sort of generally in in terms of formation and setup, you've got Schuerberg, Celso, Undembele, Ali. Now, all four of those are expecting to play. One of them will have to sit out. Whoever sits out will be having the same conversation we just changed the name about the questions so something has to give now whether that's something giving is straight out the door you don't know we don't really know it's all conjecture isn't it that's why we love doing these shows because we can sort of try and pick apart what we think we know but really we don't know nothing bar that documentary which gave us more insight than we could ever dream of having we don't know what other conversations are going on really so in terms of Deli Alley, Brendan Is he symptomatic of another English midfielder or English star getting too much too soon?
3: That's a very good point. He did sort of peak very early, uh, that 2015-2016 sort of period when he scored that worldy against Palace. He's still really young. um, And so we have to bear that in mind. He's also one of those players that doesn't really have a fixed position in Jose's system. Like, he's not a central midfielder. He's not a striker. He's kind of, he works the space around Kane. He kind of is he's, he's clever. Uh, he's similar to sort of Robert Muller uh, a bit in the... Sorry, Thomas Muller of Bayern in that he kind of just doesn't really fit into a certain system, but he's got so much skill that you want to include him. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see... Um, when this window passes, if he's still around. Obviously, I'd be happy for him to stay uh, because he has got the skill. And and like you were saying, uh, you don't want him to go somewhere else and we'll rue the fact that we sold him. Uh, But we need to see more from from him. And uh, his age is still young enough to, to, to rediscover that form. But he does need to put the effort in. He, you can sort of tell he has, does have quite a languid style. He um, doesn't really put in the effort that, that say, Lucas does in terms of uh, pressing uh, the, the, the opponent's defence, which is what Lucas does do. He doesn't contribute in terms of goals and assists, but he does the dirty work to allow Son and Kane to get the goals and get the glory. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I'd like Delhi to stay. And you just sort of have to wait and see what, uh, what happens this window.
1: Right, we've got a listener's questions on two. So first up it's from Chris, otherwise known as Experts Logic, who was on the show the other week. Thanks for this question. And for you, Carl, he asks Undum Bellet is finding his feet at long last. Where do you see his best position in the team right now? Is it alongside Fury Berg in a deeper role or behind the striker in a number ten?
0: So, so for me right now, <clears throat> I, I would like to see him playing just in that sort of number ten role. Um, I think at the moment, I'd really, ideally, love to see Hoiberg and Lo Celso in that middle because I think Lo Celso has got that kind of, you know, he doesn't mind getting stuck in. He like, you know, that sort of almost quarterback role where from deep he can spray the ball out and move around all over. And I think we've just seen in these last couple of cameos from um, Dembele. He really does have a pass and a drop of the shoulder on him where he can suddenly, within a split second, he's knocked a through ball that suddenly put you away. He's turned a defender and he's suddenly in at the back three or something and you're suddenly free on three. So for me, I really want to see him start developing in that number 10 role and I really think he can kind of flourish there. And also, if you're not going to be the sort of player that is a box-to-box and kind of there for 90 minutes that's a position where he can play and probably not cause you too many problems if he isn't going to be the one who likes to do the dirty work and tracking runs. And we've seen from the Celso, he has no problem getting up and down the pitch, putting the effort in, getting stuck in. So for me, I think I'd like to see him in that number 10 role and see what he can do with that kind of little tricks that he's got, drops of the shoulder and some, and some clever
2: little through balls.
1: And James, Shoeberg watch would it be fair to say that was his best performance in Tottenham colors
2: yeah m- much improved um i think he personally i think it's because he actually stuck to the job that he was meant to be doing uh, and he broke up the play re- really well um uh, and didn't try and do too much with the ball and kind of let let players around him do the do the creative stuff um so yeah really really promising from from Hojbjerg I, I, I don't think he was great in in the other game so not too much to work on um but if his performances are going to continue from, from where we left off uh, this weekend. And I think we've, we've got a good player on our hands and, and a player that, most, more importantly, fits the actual six, the system that, that Jose is actually trying to play.
1: And Brendan, I've got another listener's question here, and it's the set-up to the big talking point. So not the handball just yet, but at Jose RQBA asks, do you feel that it shouldn't have even been a free kick to Newcastle? More importantly, it probably should have been a free kick to us.
3: Yeah, it was one of those weird ones. It it kind of looks like he was blocking off the run, but he wasn't. He was just sort of standing his ground. Um, I've seen them given, but it was really soft free kick. And and on top of that, there was the offside call as well. They got the yellow lines in. Carroll's head is beyond that yellow line. So the ref could have easily solved all this controversy by actually saying, well, look, he's offside anyway. So, yeah, it, it was, I'd say that I've seen those given, but it was a very soft free kick in the first place.
1: Yeah, if it was for your own team, you'd have no complaints. But we've got complaints. And we're going to complain now, because now we're going to talk about that handball. So, Carl, I know you said earlier you didn't really want to use this as an excuse for the performance due to an indifferent second half. But how much of a sickener is that in terms of being smashed and grabbed for all three points?
0: Well, I mean, you know, listen, it's a massive sickener, especially, you know, when we consider everything around how this has come about. Like, as we say, the free kick. The possible what could have been offside, even though for me, you know, we don't want to see those sort of tight things be given as offside. But the way the game has gone and the way VAR has called it, and we've been on the wrong end of them on more than our fair share of occasions, it should have been, could have been called offside. And then obviously you get the travesty of the fact that a guy just jumps and with his back to the ball, the ball hits his arm and suddenly you're looking at a penalty. Um, It was a massive kick, wasn't it? You know, because. I say, Newcastle didn't deserve anything out of that game whatsoever. But, you know, this is the problem now. When we're going to have possible decisions like this coming around, unless you've got a couple of goal lead, you are always looking at the possibility that something like this could happen to you. And Newcastle, unfortunately, have got a brilliant weapon that, you know, right now I'm sitting here thinking, please bring Lorente back. Because, you know, or, or Peter Crouch. Because if we want a backup striker option, maybe, you know, the way this handball rule is going to go, you might say, do you know what? This season wouldn't be bad just to have a big lump up top who when things, you know, last dying 10 minutes of a game, you can just say, we're just going to start sticking the ball in the box now. You challenge, try and get on the end of things, try and knock something down because there's every possibility that the ball could hit a hand of a defender and then from out of nowhere, we've got a lifeline with a penalty. Um these rules are ridiculous, you know, and even then when you look at this rule, you have the possibility that the rule states if a defender's got his back to play and can't see what's going on, then how can a massive, massive mistake at the weekend and let's say mistake, the referee may feel he's done what he should do. But I think the only good thing about what happened this weekend is that could be the one that's broke the camel's back and people will just be in uproar. And, you know, you never know whether suddenly the the people, these refs making these decisions go, oh, hang on, we've seen this in the past. And we new rules come in and the first few weeks you see these decisions given and then all of a sudden a bit, you know, a controversy happens and they say, oh, actually, let's just slow down on these a little bit now. And you'd like to hope that maybe common sense will come in and these sort of handballs stop being given. Because if not, I, I tell you now, someone could win the golden boot this season just on penalties alone. And it could be Callum Wilson.
1: Well, James, that's twice in as many weeks now that we've been caught out by this. Last week didn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Still annoying, but, you know, sort of, okay, never mind. This Sunday, it meant far too much. A rather fundamental question now, is football heading to the point of no
2: return as far as this law goes? Well, I mean, we were saying on the podcast last week that if you know, when, when that penalty got given in, in the last couple of minutes against Southampton, we were saying, yeah, uh, what? Well, one of the one of the days, this is going to matter and it is going to make a big difference. And little did we know that it was only a week away. Um, and I, I think Carl's absolutely hit the nail on the head where he says this one might be the straw that breaks the camel's back because look at the absolute uproar. Um, this this weekend because of this one decision. You know we've seen a couple of decisions that have annoyed people and, and have got people talking. Um, but I don't think there's quite been one like like this where you've got you've got the the manager of the actual team that, that that benefit from the the decision coming out and saying that it's ridiculous. You've got other Premier League players tweeting things saying that they they don't want any part of this. They don't want this to be the rule. Um, and I think the, the most important thing about this is, is that who is it actually benefiting? Who, who, who wanted this rule? Who, who's asked for it? And who, who wants it to stay? Um, I, I really liked what Jermaine Gina said on, on Match of the Day. Like why, why should we be falling in line with, uh, with Italy, with Spain? Like, you know They have their rules and we have ours because we're doing it correctly. We're doing it properly. We're the best league in the world. Uh, and and we, should be, we should be doing things the way that things should be done. And, and at the moment, we, instead of talking about how great these football games are, because look at, the, look at this weekend of football, look at last weekend of football. There were some absolutely incredible games, but a lot of the time we're not talking about the football anymore and we're not talking about these uh, incredible players, incredible teams. We're talking about rubbish decisions by referees who are being forced to implement a rule that, that they didn't even want. That players didn't want, and fans, most importantly, fans didn't want the rule. Uh, and th- at the end of the day, it's a, it's a spectator sport. As as much as it's a business, it's a it's it's there to to entertain the the fans. And no one was entertained watching watching a referee pouring over a, a handball decision that wouldn't have been wouldn't have been even thought about a couple of years ago, pouring over that decision for for ten minutes. And then giving a penalty and, and spoiling what actually was quite a fun, entertaining game of football. So I think you're right, Dan. Football at the moment is heading towards a, a point of no return where something has to something has to change. And and if it is uh, a, a protest from the 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 players, the the clubs, I I don't know if it if it if it could happen, but I'm I really really hope it does because I, I'm already nervous for next weekend. Of football, because instead of looking forward to, to watching Spurs play, I'm thinking, well, we could go out and, and play a team off the park for 96 minutes like we did this weekend, and then still not get the win because of this absolute bullshit rule. So it it could, it, it's making me not enjoy football as much. And it, and it's not just been this weekend. It's we've been talking about the same thing since since Sissoko in the Champions League final. Um, we, we seem to have got a bit, a bit of a rough end of the, uh, of the deal. Um, but at the moment, I just I can't really understand who this rule is meant to be benefiting and who is actually enjoying it the way it is.
1: So, Brendan, Cole mentioned common sense and you would like to think that even with a law change, common sense would be applied. The problem is that common sense, like these sort of application of laws, are subjective. We get one referee yesterday Gives the penalty on another day, it probably goes another way. So is this where the problem sort of really lies?
3: Yeah, it's kind of like, what do we want? Do we want to have common sense or do we want to have um, consistency? So it's it's it was a bizarre, it was a ridiculous decision. I'm kind of calmed down now. I think that Mourinho is going to use it though. I think when you lose, don't lose the lesson. I think I mean I know we didn't even lose, but it felt like a loss. Um, so I think he's going to use it to to spur on that that. Um, siege mentality. At the end, his comments were great. He was saying that Tottenham doesn't have the respect that it deserves as a club. And you heard Steve Bruce as well. and You, you heard Roy Hodgson talk as well. It was kind of like everyone's in agreement that it's not working, that the current situation is not tenable and it's ruining the game, as, as everyone's been saying. So um, like, like James said, it, it, who does this benefit? It's, it, it's, it seems like a really bizarre decision made by people that don't really understand football. That's not a handball. A handball is something where you gain an advantage. There was no advantage to be gained there, even if it, and it was accidental. And I kind of the understanding is even an accidental handball can provide an advantage. I think John Terry used to jump with his arms out in an unnatural position. I think that's what sparked the debate, certainly in, in the UK. Um, but it 's not it 's not workable the, the The concern is now what do we do? Do they change it mid season or are we stuck with it this way for the rest of the season? because we are going to see forwards uh like James was saying that we 're going to not necessarily have a chance to make a goal but if Andy Carroll heads it down and it hits an arm it 's going to be a pen like it 's just provided a new way for for teams to get goals that they don 't deserve and and for that reason it 's it's disappointing to see.
1: Well, I think sort of Pandora's box is open, unfortunately. And I also think, Carl, that the Premier League as an entity, they want to push this through with brute force and make sure it works. So I'd be very surprised if you do see some form of backtrack in the next sort of week or so. I think they're going to try and sort of get through this
0: choppy ground early on and try and hammer it home. Yeah, it's such a shame, isn't it? Because, you know, imagine the credit they would get if they if they, can, if they turn round this weekend and said, right, listen, yeah. We've seen this and actually we're not enjoying what's going on and we're going to change the rule. Imagine the credit that supporters and fans would give them for saying, "Okay, you tried something. It didn't work. You've seen it. It's had a bad knock-on effect and you're going to change it. We're all for that. Unfortunately, they're stubborn. They won't change this rule. Like, as you say, they'll just just hope we get a couple of weekends where we don't see none of these handball instances and we don't have to give any... Um, and again, I think the real key thing here is you yeah. know, as much as we don't like it, I think we could all accept that if they are going to turn around and say anything that hits a hand in the penalty box, if it hits an attacker's hand, the goal will be disallowed. If it hits a defender's hand, you'll give it, we'll give a penalty. Whether we like it or not. We'd accept, you come to accept it if it's consistent. But when we've got incidences where Chelsea end up getting an equaliser from a ball hitting Kai Havert's hand at the weekend, that possibly if it doesn't hit his hand, it then goes out for a goal kick and the game is over. You've got the incident in the Arsenal-West Ham game where how that isn't given a penalty based on the ones we've seen at the moment, I, I still have no idea how West Ham weren't awarded a penalty. And this is the ultimate issue, too inconsistent, where one week, one person gives it, a following week, one doesn't. And that's where, as supporters, you're really going to get the ump because we have been on the end of two now, but if we get two in the next two games, we'll be sitting there going, well, yeah, it's not great, but it's won us the game, so it's worked for us. But it's when you see one given one week and one not the following week then it just compounds the fact that these are stupid rules in the first place. But I think we're stuck with it for this season. They won't make a change until the end of the season because they'll want to save face, unfortunately.
1: Yep, that's my fear. I think you're absolutely right on that front, Carl. But let's park handball because I think, you know, there's so much more to talk about and we're running out of time generally. So, um, where should we go next? Let's go to the playoff round of the Europa League. We're there on Thursday. We're there because we won last Thursday. So, Cole the stream's held out. That's a good start. But even so, <laughs> that game weren't far from perfect either, was it?
0: Yeah, it, that was one of them, wasn't it, Dan? Where, you know, there that, that just was, you know, we got the early goal, didn't we? And you thought, right, that could settle us down. And early doors, you kind of thought, wow, this this side of there for the taking. So if we can get, you know, we, we could get ourselves a nice cushion here, three or four, um, and make this comfortable. But again, you know, we kind of dropped off the pace a little bit. We then weren't playing that great attack in football. Um, and all of a sudden the game became really scrappy. They started getting themselves back into it. And, and at certain points you thought, oh, you know, again, this is going to be one of those nights where you're just hanging on right till the end. Um, but thankfully we bring the big guns on and then we kind of make it more comfortable. Um, and we're in. And uh, but, that is ultimately what this is all about now. Just get through these games. They're horrible, especially when you're going to these away grounds. Um, you know, we, I've probably changed in better Sunday league changing rooms than what you're finding <laughs> at these grounds. Um, so it is just about getting the job done. And thankfully, the boys managed to do that. And now at least we get a home tie, which you kind of think should see us comfortably through to the knockout rounds.
1: And James, Joe Hart made his competitive Spurs debut Admittedly not a lot he could have done with that fizzer of a goal from the uh, North Macedonians but what did you make of his overall performance?
2: Uh I think I, I liked how vocal he was. Um I th- I think it's it's been talked about a lot that Joe Hart's signing was was a lot to do with uh mentality and and being a big personality in the changing room. Uh and as much about defense as it was um being a goalkeeper. Um it, he's clearly not the same keeper that he, he was. Uh, when he was making Premier League team of the, team of the seasons at, at City and winning Premier League titles, um, but we knew that, and the whole point of, him, of getting him in was to was to see how he how he kind of bust around the, the new lads and bust around his defence. So I, I was I was happy with with that. Um, he's he's not. I, I'm going to keep reiterating. He's just not the same goalkeeper as he was, and I would actually prefer if he took up more of a third choice goalkeeper role and and maybe even just be a goalkeeper coach. Um, and just being around the the, the, the dressing room because I I think Gazaniga in, in my eyes is, is slightly better than him, um, but you know if if it's uh it's not going to make too much of a difference at these these rounds in the Europa League I don't think because you'd like to think we're going to have enough to to get through anyway, um, but yeah it was it was nice to see someone being vocal on the pitch another leader uh, on the pitch and in the dressing room, um, but I, I I wouldn't mind seeing Gazaniga get get a little ch- a little chance just to. Just to show what, what we'd be missing if we do decide to sell him this summer. Maybe just put him in the shop window, maybe get a few extra million for him. Um, but in terms of Joe Hart as a goalkeeper, I think he, he, might, be, he might not be the player that he was. But still, still pretty promising from, a, from a, a vocal kind of perspective.
1: And Brendan, that win last Thursday takes us to this Thursday and the visit of Maccabi Haifa. So how strong do you think we will go in that tie in a bid to make the group stages?
3: Yeah, I think he's going to go stronger than he will against Chelsea tomorrow. Uh, I think he's made it clear that he is prioritising Europa League, if for no other reason than financial. We get way more money out of the Europa than we would uh, in a Carabao um, campaign. And also, we have more chance of winning the Europa. There's, the competition for the Europa would be less than it would be for a Carabao. So it makes more sense to to really invest in uh, in that competition. So... I think we'll see a similar team to what we saw against Scandija. It will be a strong team. He may rest Kane and and Lo but depending on how the game pans out, he may need to bring them on as as he needed to last Thursday. So I can see a a strong lineup for sure. Um, And probably more time for for Joe Hart again. Thought he did quite well. Um, Bergwin didn't shower himself in too much glory. He he was... uh, I wouldn't say he was at fault for their goal, but he was, he was slow in tracking back and people blamed Ben Davies and we weren't expecting the rocket that uh, a North Macedonian player would, would provide. But uh, um, I can see the, the team being a strong one and uh, I can see us progressing. We, we should really be beating Maccabi Haifa at home uh, and, and we'll see who we get in the group stage.
1: Brendan, I'll stay with you because you sort of answered the question I have for you next, but I'll uh, chuck it to you anyway. So in terms of the Carabao Cup, Are you happy for that to be the sacrificial lamb in all of this? Because, of course, there's no guarantee of success being around the corner. With that said, do we need to give ourselves the best possible chance of winning the best possible prizes?
3: Yeah, I think we are. I think Jose made it clear if he has to sacrifice one, it would be the Carabao. It's it's just too many games in quick succession. We just finished a game yesterday, got Carabao tomorrow. And uh, Europa on Thursday. Thank God it's at home. Um, so yeah, it's it's sad that that we have to do that. But I think Jose said it. He's like, well, I've got no choice. You know, it's it's not possible. We're going to see more injuries like we did with Son, with with the games being so coming up so thick and fast. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's a shame. I was actually at the game. We won it in uh, 1999. Um, with the legend Alan Nielsen scoring the goal. It was a great day out. It was a beautiful day out and something that, that we should be doing, having more of. Um, but I think given the circumstances, yeah, let's, let's prioritise Europa. But who knows? We, we, may, we may get past Chelsea tomorrow. I'm not going to be crying if we don't, though.
1: Carl, what do you think of Mourinho's comments regarding Spurs being unable to fight? I mean, it's not the biggest shock with the schedule we've got. Is it disappointing to hear or what you'd expect anyway?
0: No, I think you've got to expect it. I mean, you know, the club have got to prioritise, you say, you know, the leagues and, and the people at B, they don't help themselves with these competitions because when you put a crazy schedule like this towards a club, you have to accept that they're going to sacrifice something uh, and not play a strong side because, as we said, you can't through injuries, um, possibly to key players. Um, I think Jose is right. You know, I don't think there's many teams that would be able to fight on the fronts that we're having to in the space of plan how many games we do in the space of how many days. So, I, I think even most clubs here would be sacrificing um, one tournament at the very least. So, we've got to do what's right. You know, yes, the only shame is it's against Chelsea because you never want to lose to, a, to, to them at all. Um, but That's, look, we've got better things to fight for here. We've also got a big game at the weekend against United where we want to put in a good display there. So you've got to think about keeping players fresh for that one. So I'm afraid I'll be quite happy, you know, as long as we put up a decent fight, which we've still got a good enough squad to put a decent enough side out, put up a reasonable display. But as Brendan said, I wouldn't be crying if we've uh, come unstuck tomorrow night.
1: With those comments, James, is that a sense of managing expectations for the fan base as well? Is if to say, look, you know, don't chuck me under the bus if we don't win this one. I'm doing all I can. But if you've seen the fixture schedule, it's almost impossible.
2: Yeah, I, I guess he's, he's just gone ahead and, and made Chelsea favourites for that game and maybe taking the pressure off a little bit. Um, it, you know, as, as the fellas say, it means that if we if we do go out, it's, it's one of them. Oh, well, if we've gone out. We've, it's another front that we don't have to fight on. Um, but if we do go through then it 'll be a nice bonus for us and uh, and we can say well that 's that 's a nice turn up for the books we weren 't expecting that and and you know, we 'll we'll march on in that competition uh, I think we 've all said it we all know it we can 't we 're not going to be able to be able to com- compete on so many fronts, especially when for some reason all our, our players seem to have ligaments and joints and muscles made out of what 's it so i I think we you know uh, I think we're going to have to sacrifice one of the competitions, and we've always said that that one would probably be be bottom of our list, especially with a, a tough tie against Chelsea so early in, in the competition. So, if we do let that one go, then I, I won't cry myself to sleep. Um, it'd be it'd be nice to see maybe some some players that we haven't seen yet given a go. Um, but but yeah, I, I think we've we said it all. Um, I'd like to see us go strong against uh, against Maccabi and and hopefully get through that round.
1: Right, Carl, it's time to talk transfers in the time we've got left. So, seven days from now, that transfer window slams shut. Do you think an additional forward will be getting his way into the window before the uh, the end of the ability to sign players? Is it going to happen?
0: Yeah, I, I, I can see someone coming in before the end of the window, especially now with the injury to Son. Um, I think that will probably make Jose a little bit more vocal behind the scenes. Um, but I, I wouldn't be expecting... You're not, we're not going to be seeing someone that gets us excited, I think. I think we're just going to be seeing a body come in and that could be along the lines of a Dini. But, if you, you know, some, something was breaking today, wasn't it? Some rumour about Ben Benteke. God. And no. to be honest, <laughs> a, a, as horrible as the thought of that seems, if you look at what happened with Andy Carroll at the weekend, maybe you sit there and go, well, actually, is it the worst idea just to try and get someone big that you can start throwing the ball into the box to? But, I do expect a body, but I think everyone should prepare themselves. It's not going to be a name that excites you and isn't going to be a name that, you know, potentially gets people off of Levy's back.
1: Christ, imagine the image of Benteke and Bale playing up front together. No one would have imagined that at the start <laughs> of the season, would they?
0: But this is what Bale signed <laughs> for. I think, I think he probably knew it. what was coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, James, if, let's say, Benteke doesn't get over the line or a- AN other, what excuse or reasoning... Can we use
2: this time? Because surely we've heard a lot by now. Oh man, I mean, I guess maybe you could say they've they've blown the budget already on uh, on Joe Hart. Uh, no, I mean on, on Bale and uh, and Reguillon. But maybe maybe that'll be the excuse this time round. But I, I have to agree. I think we we do need just bodies through the door, um, especially as 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 I've said, the way that we break footballers is, is is absolutely unrivalled. I've never known a football club like it where we just manage to go through footballers. Like like no tomorrow, and and they they seem to get injured so easily. Um, so I, I think we are going to need someone just to just to fill the ranks. It, it's confused me a little bit. It's, you know seeing about how many outgoings they're going to be. Um, you know Ryan Sessegnon going on loan. You know this, that, and the other. Selling Sergio as as much as I'm not a fan of him, I, I don't think we're in a position to be able to to trim our squad too much at the moment because. Because we've got so many fixtures, and you'd like to think that we're going to utilise that squad rather than just play the same eleven players week in week out, because that's when they do get broken. So I'm a little bit because I think someone like Sesanyon is going to get minutes this season, surely, if, if if Jose sees him as a as a left winger rather than a left back like like Poch maybe did, um, then there's definitely there's there's definitely opportunity for him to be playing on the wing. Um, I I. I i'm I'm a little bit confused as to why we, we would be letting him go because he should be in and around the squad. We should be growing him from within um and if we are talking about getting bodies through the door, why would we get someone like Dini or Benteke in when we've when we've got players like Ce non who can who can get minutes and we can maybe shift Lucas or son on the inside because i'd I'd much rather see that than us sign someone like Dini or Benteke who just wouldn't wouldn't cut the mustard if you ask me. So we either go go big and, and try and sign a, a centre forward who's gonna, add, you know, actually gonna, gonna make a difference and play well at centre forward, or we utilise what we've got at the moment. Um, I, I just I think we, we're going to have to use quite a, a lot of footballers um, with the with the fixture fixture schedule that we've got.
1: Well, last week I said we were going to talk about Ryan Sessegnon. So good work, James, because I'll ask the same sort of question to Brendan. I think I mentioned a week or two ago that this season you can get away or you'll need a lot of fat around your squad. Now, everyone says that this club has a lot of deadwoods, I'd agree, but we're probably going to need that deadwood to keep afloat. So, whether you can label setting on deadwood or not is probably a bit unfair. That said, how much do you think he can feature in a squad at all?
3: Well, you'd hope he he would show up more than he did last season. He's still really young. I think he's what 20 at the moment, so uh, he still needs to figure out what sort of a player he is. As I think it was James was saying that we don't really know, is he, does he have the defensive discipline to be a left back? He likes to go forward, but does he have enough, enough tricks up his sleeve to be a left winger? So it's kind of similar to, to Delhi. Like, where does he fit the system? That's what we need to figure out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think sending him out on loan will really... Solve any problems. We do need to have a bigger squad, and I think that we can attract a. Just going back to the transfers, we can attract a decent striker. If we've got a sixty-five game season, Harry is not going to be able to play every single minute. He's going to have his injury. We know it's going to happen, um, so we can guarantee a, a decent striker thirty appearances a season. That's enough. Like we could get a Milik or i I'd even take Diego Costa. Now that that um, Luis Suarez has gone to Atletico, maybe. Uh, that that means that they can they can get let go of uh, of Diego Costa. I'd love to see him. The shithousery that he'd bring to the team. be brilliant. Um, but I, back to to um, I'd like. To, I don't think him going out on loan solves the problem. It's uh, it's just sort of shifting it on. I think he will he will get more game time. Uh, he just needs to figure out where, where his position is in the system.
1: Carl, would you be on board for a bit of Diego shithousery?
0: Oh, who wouldn't? Oh, I mean, yes, exactly, you know, yes. <laughs> it's, it's like I say, he's one of those players, isn't he? When he's when he's not on your side, you hate him and, and you can't stand him and he wants to make you kick your telly in. But you imagine when he is on your side, then he's one of those players when you're seeing him do those little things and winding people up and getting a player sent off from the opposition side, you're all for it. So, yeah, get him in. Put it this way, would you rather see him than Benteke? I think this is a no-brainer.
1: Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. James, in about a minute or so, can you tell me about our centre-back, dare I say, issues, our recruitment? Do we need a one to come in? How do you think it's going to play out?
2: Uh, Personally, I'd I'd quite like to see uh, Scriniar come in. I I think he'd he'd be a a really good improvement, especially when other teams are improving in that area as well. You know, Man City getting Diaz. Um, So, I'd like to see him come in. If he doesn't come in, I'm I'm also... It's not the end of the world for me because... Uh, I feel like we are gonna get, we will get someone in. So I think the most important thing is we get the striker in. Um, but I would also like you know if, if it's on the table. Um, that said, uh, I, I've still got faith. I think we we actually defended very well at the weekend. So I, uh, you know, Sanchez is a little bit hit and miss, but he had a good good game at the weekend. Dyer I thought was was very good at the weekend, uh, and also Toby when he's when he's playing well, he, he's playing better than anyone. So. Uh, I think it's not uh, It's probably not top of our shopping list. But if if that deal is on the table with Inter Milan, then I'd, I'd like to see it done. Um, just just because I'm not going to turn down a strengthening in in, in any positions, uh, and I feel like it, that would make us make us a stronger force. And as as we've said a lot of times, we've got a lot of games to play, so these players are going to get a lot of minutes, even if it even if it is at centre back.
1: And Brendan, in less than a minute, could you see Ben Davis being drafted? in slightly more inside now that Reguilon is going to be sort of you'd think the more dynamic left back let's say we don't get a new center back could he be another option there
3: yeah if we are going to play three at the back he can he can fit in there he doesn't really venture as forward as as you would want from a from a left back so um, I think he could. I think he could be part of a back three. And because Regulon looks amazing, I'm so, he he hasn't really got the attention that he deserves because of the bail uh, coming in as well. But he looks such a player. We we're, we're really lucky to get him in. Uh, he's gonna him and Doherty on the on either side. It's just gonna completely change how we play. We have been playing very pragmatic under Jose. We have been sort of allowing teams to have the ball and hitting them on the counter with the pace of Son uh, and, and Kane sort of picking a pass this the, the signings of Doherty and Regulon uh, allow us to pay, play that more advanced to, to play that more pressing game that we had when we had uh, Rose and Walker in their prime so yeah very happy to to, to see him come in and uh, it could mean that Ben Davies uh, could could play in the center back we've also got Tanganga we haven't spoken about him as well there are options there I'm not a huge fan of Davies but um, he, he can in a, in, a, in a back three if we need to, but there'd be others that I'd put ahead of him in a centre-back role and, and to allow Regulon the chance to venture forward.
1: Right, in terms of predictions, there's too much football, not enough time. So we're going to scrap that this week. Don't worry about it. That pretty much means it's full-time. So just need to do the admin, which is as simple as thanking my guests. And Brendan, a sterling debut. I hope you enjoyed that, mate, and you'd like to join us again at some point in the season.
3: Oh, Dan, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Great to meet you. Great to meet you too, James and Carl. Um, so yeah, been good fun. And yeah, I'd love to come back on. Thank you so much for having me.
1: No problem, mate. James, thanks for patrolling the middle of the park once again.
2: Yeah, it's always a pleasure, mate. It's, it was worth it just to hear the way that, that, uh, that Brendan pronounces Jose. I think that, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a new favourite of mine. <laughs> Oh, yes, we'll have to use that
1: as the, uh, the sort of pronunciation each week going forward. So, Carl, there's your practice for next week. And I hope you look forward to joining me next week.
0: Definitely, mate. I'm on it. I'm
1: on it. Top man. Right. So with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And as always, come on, you Spurs.
0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.